Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mino Lion Media presents Business First. Hi, all, and welcome to a new episode of Business First with Sonia Aline. I am your host. And today in a stu- in studio, we are welcoming Nufala Fredrickson. And she is the owner of Happy Mango, which is an eco-friendly kids boutique. Welcome, Nufala. Hi, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> Good to have you. And um, got to let the audience know that we met um, 15 years ago. I can't believe it's been that much time um, when you were the owner of another great boutique, which was called the Red Lemon Store, which is one of the hottest places in um, Hollywood. You had a lot of celebrity clients. You had great um, product there. Um, And now you've done a a total 160 still in retail. But uh, now you're not doing your 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 focus right now is on kids, pregnancy and everything that supports that. That is totally correct. Right. And you've also moved from, that was in LA, and, and we'll, we'll talk about some of your movement because you were also in Chicago for a minute, but now you're in Atlanta. Um, and so, so how do you find it? How are you, how, how is everything there with this new business and um, this new direction? You're, you're uh, the family person now. Um, how is all that working for you? Everything is working out amazing. Atlanta has always been home for me. I went to college here and every time I leave, I come back every couple of years. And after I had my second child, I was like, I have to just be in Atlanta. I'm going to buy a house, plant roots here, and this is going to be my home city. It's a city that I love so much. It has given so much to me. So I'm happy to be able to give back to the city. So I, I absolutely love Atlanta. And so it also seems that you love retail and you do really well at it. You've been in the music industry for, you were there for roughly 20 years. Um, this is your second stint in retail. And um, what is it about retail that you love and why do you think you do it so well? I love the people. Retail really suits me because I can influence on a micro level. I can influence people directly. I can help people directly. Like there's there's no buffers in retail. I'm in the store. If a customer has a problem, I can help. And even when I'm not in the store, I try not to be in the store very much now, but it's still a very easy way to touch the customer. I know if, a, if customers are having an issue, if I can bring a product in to fix that, then I've helped. So I really love being able to touch the people and really solve an issue on a base level. Like it's, it's very simple. Here's a problem. I can fix it and we move on from there. And I think retail allows that type of environment. And I, I love people. I'm a people person. And solving the problem was actually how you started this new store, right? Happy Mango. So tell us a little bit about that. You were pregnant and you were frustrated about what you could find or couldn't find. And that led to the development of this new store. So tell us a little bit 
more about that. Yeah, I was pregnant in LA with my son. So 14 years, 15 years ago, it takes nine months to cook them. So 15 (laughs) years ago, um, and I've always been somewhat eco-conscious. So having a baby really made me more eco-conscious. I wanted to use only natural products on my son. I wanted non-toxic sheets and clothes and products and they were very difficult to find and not being able to find them in LA surely meant they were difficult to find other places. And when I did find them in LA, I wasn't treated the way that I felt that I should be. Eco then was still a very, for lack of a better word, white person's thing. You know, there weren't too many black people in the eco space. And if you were, you had to be vegan and have dreads and live this really, you know, strict lifestyle. And that wasn't me. You know, if I wanted, um, you know, a chicken taco, I'm going to have one. But that doesn't mean that I don't want, you know, lots of chemicals on my child. So I didn't like the way that that felt. And I wanted to create a place where people felt comfortable, whatever level of green they were. If you're just starting out, we're here to help you. If you are all the way green and you know everything, then we have the products for you. But I wanted people to feel good about getting knowledge in the green arena and just really be of assistance to parents who didn't know anything about it and were just starting out. Right. Um, Would you recommend, so I I like what you did in terms of how you started. You started online. It was an e-commerce site. And then you decided to open up a, um, a brick and mortar, which is kind of like in the reverse of what a lot of people have been doing lately. They've started with brick and mortar and then they've either closed that and gone mm-hmm. strictly online, but you did the opposite. And so why was that? It was easier for me to do the opposite from a financial standpoint. And I mean, that's a whole nother conversation that we can go into about the lack of funding for black businesses. So what I did was create my business in a space where I could still work on the business while still keeping my job. So my job funded the online operations until I got to a point where I can quit. And I think for me, it's always better to start online. I did the same thing with the Red Lemon store, because then when you open the brick and mortar location, you already have income coming in. You already have people waiting for you to open versus opening a brick and mortar location and hoping people come in when you have bills to pay. Wow. And so were you ever able to get the any kind of financing that you needed or are you or or have you been pretty much fully funded from like you said your full-time job so i was able to get some financing not traditional financing i applied for every loan possible i got denied for every loan possible so i just went through my rolodex being in the music business was great because i had friends who were able to write me a check and help me get my business started so i called one of those friends and said hey i really need your help because I, I can't get a loan any place. And that's where I got my financing from. Right. You know, it's interesting. I just, um, I just came across a, it was another client I was working with, but they had done a survey on how black women um, finance their businesses. And for most people, it was either through friends and associates mm-hmm. um, or through working, you know, additional jobs or, or having their full-time job fund. And so um, it is a classic case. And so what advice would you offer to, um, I should say, a classic situation? Um, Unfortunately, what would you recommend to people who are interested in doing the types of businesses that you've done um, in terms of how to get the, the proper financing to do it? I think now it's a little bit better because now there are 
certain grants and certain loans that are specifically for women of color or businesses of color or minority people in general to get loans. So I think that that's helpful. Um, An SBA loan is also really, really great. That's a loan that a lot of people don't look at. We typically go to banks first. It takes longer to get and there's more paperwork involved, but it's probably easier to get than all of the other ones. And I would say if you really believe in your business, just start. Just start it at, at whatever financial level you can and work your way up because the worst thing you can do is wait to start your business until you have the money because you may never have all of the money. You know, right. there, that's one thing in business. There's never enough money. So just start it and work your way up. It's it's better for you to say, I started this business 10 years ago on a loan application, you know, after you've done everything that you can do for those 10 years, than saying, hey, I haven't started this business yet, but I need you to give me the money because I believe it'll work. Whereas you can show 10 years of data, even if, you know, the first year you only made $20. Well, if the next year you made 200 and the next year you made 400, as long as you're making money, you can show that you have a proven business concept versus just waiting. So my advice is always just get started at whatever financial level you're at. Start. How difficult was it for you to research all of what you needed to open the type of store that you did, particularly since you said it wasn't um, common for to see people of color in an eco-friendly um, environment? How difficult was that? Or was it difficult? It wasn't difficult for Happy Mango because I had all of the knowledge from Red Lemon. So it, it wasn't difficult. When I went to go lease a building, I already knew what I was going into and how to speak to the landlord and what to ask for. Same thing with ordering products. I already knew all of that because I had a retail business before. So it was quite easy um, setting up the retail side. Being in a different city, there are different sets of taxes and rules and stuff that you have to go by. So I think that's common for us to not have a lot of knowledge in that area. And that goes with lack of mentorship. We don't often have access to the tools and information that other people have. And it will be great if I could just sit with another store owner and they can say, okay, here's a list of taxes that you're going to have to pay because all of the ones that you think you have to pay, there are like five more that you don't know about. So I think that was most difficult for me is just permitting and all of that stuff that is unique to wherever you are. Yeah. And so what would you recommend to folks who are interested in in going into retail? Because it's not an easy business. Um, you, you have to be able to choose um, a location that you think is going to be a, a solid one. You've got to choose products. You know, sometimes, you know, we have an idea that this is going to be great for the environment or great for a particular neighborhood. And it, and it may not be. And so you know, what are some things that people should consider when they're launching an idea that they think is a really great idea, particularly if they're introducing something new to an environment? I think the best thing to do when introducing something new to an environment is making sure that people want it. So now that we have social media, that's a great gauge. Put your stuff out on Instagram, on TikTok, and see if people are actually interested. Maybe doing a pop-up. So I did that before I opened my brick-and-mortar location. I found an amazing space, and I begged them for months to let me open a pop-up in that location so I can see if people actually wanted a baby store inside of the city. And they did. So it's best to just test out your market instead of spending all of this money on an idea that you think is good, but you don't know if people are actually going to support it monetarily. And the right. same, you know, with social media, you can use it as a gauge, but you shouldn't use it as your financial model. 
if you have 500,000 followers and you get 200,000 likes on a product, that does not translate to 200,000 sales. So people should be mindful of that as well. It's great to see if people like it, but you really need to put it in a space where you see if people are going to buy it before you invest a whole lot of money into it. And so when you did the pop-up, what was, um, I'm sure you were pleasantly surprised that, that people were engaged. Were there, were there some things that you learned or was there, there some pleasant surprises about, you know, what kind of feedback you were getting? Yes, I will say that pop-up was probably the best idea. Going into a baby business, my focus was moms. I need to take care of the moms. I need to take care of the pregnant mom. I need to take care of the baby. And that pop-up, the dads were my best customers because I was in a food hall that had a few retail stalls and I was directly across from a barbecue place. So the businessmen were coming in for their business meetings. And while dad is ordering his, you know, burnt ends sandwich, he turns around and sees a baby store and he's like, oh, I have a wife and a baby at home. 15 minutes and $300 later, I was like, oh, okay. Dad is in the game. Let me make sure that I have things for both. So I made sure that going into opening the retail spot that we absolutely catered to both parents. And that's not something that I would have thought of because as a mom, I made all the decisions. Everything that went on my registry was me there. I made all of the decisions as do most of the mothers that I know. We run it by dad, but those decisions are for mom. But there are so many things that dad wants to do for mom and the kids. So I really made sure that I was catering to those traveling dads in that location. It became very clear that they were going to spend a lot of money to make their wives and their children happy. Wow. Wow. So that's surprising because even marketing data... Right. We'll, we'll, we'll tell you that women make all the decisions in the household. They influence all the decisions in the household. So that was really interesting to see that men, fathers are way more engaged than I think we give them credit for. Absolutely. So women still do make the decisions. Like even now, when we see the decisions being made on the strollers, the cribs and the car seats, those are still mostly the women. But if we look at it from a financial view, which is what I was doing for the pop-up, it's like, okay, mom made the decision on this one $1,300 purchase, but dad has come back six times at $300 a pop to buy clothes and toys. So we had to make sure everybody's happy. I I did want to say, so, you know, uh, for those of you listening, you may have, you may hear a little noise in the background and that's because (laughs) you are always multitasking because you are a mom of two. Uh, your kids are involved in in after school activities. You are an entrepreneur running a business. Uh, what has that been like? It is a high speed tornado at all times. So this podcast was very important. I wanted to make sure I was fully present for it. I even put on lipstick, even though it's only audio. <laughs> I wanted to be totally in the business mode. And I'm taking it from cheer practice. So I'm in the coach's office while my daughter's at cheer practice doing this interview. And that really is the summation of my life. You know, it's business while parenting at all times. This morning, my son was sick. So I'm working from home and I'm juggling calls and a coughing kid in the background only to leave him to come to cheer practice. So I, I do think that it's very important that as moms, we give ourselves some grace and really give ourselves a lot of leniency and be kind to ourselves because it's difficult. A lot of times I'll hear people talking about 
how important it is to take care of yourself as a mom and self-care, self-care. And then, of course, when you're on Instagram, you see all of the pictures and images of self-care. And it's like, that's great, but that's not realistic for most moms, especially most single moms. We're always moving and we need to give ourselves grace and realize that we're not failing because we're not doing these things. So it's it's several different layers. Not only am I a business owner and being a business owner is a full-time job. I am a single mom, which is a full-time job and I have active kids. So it's like three full-time jobs at once. I read a great article online um, that you were featured in that monitored your day from 7 a.m. <laughs> to 7 p.m. And yeah, it was just it was a reminder of all of the things that, um, you know, moms have to do and have to get done. But what I actually uh, took away from the article and you can see it if 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 um, and we're going to give you a handle later so that folks can follow you on Instagram is that your your children are very much involved in the business. So they're very aware of what mommy does. They are very aware of 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 your responsibilities. And um, your daughter is an amazing salesperson. They're they're engaged in in the work that you're doing. And so uh, what inspired, did, did that happen by accident because they're there and you have to manage these things or was it deliberate on your, on your part? It was a little bit of both. Um, it was deliberate and that I wanted them to see what it took to build a business. Um, it happened because they had no place else to be. My daughter was at work with me up until 16 months because I couldn't send her to daycare. I had to make a choice. Do I pay the bills for the business or do I send her to daycare? And so she had to be at work every day until it got to the point where I could no longer keep her at work. After school, I had to pick up the kids. I had to close the store, run and pick up my kids from school, then bring them back to the store. And they would have to sit there until the store closed. So my son had no choice but to learn how to install a car seat or to help customers because it was just us. I didn't have any employees at the time. So if I was helping someone, he had to help the other person. So at six, seven, eight years old, Aja has been helping customers since then. And it was really important when I started doing publicity for the store, I always wanted them to be included. So most of my publicity shoots include the children because I really owe the success to them. The store was started because of them and mm -hmm. because of their patience with me as their mom, I'm able to continue to work. Like they don't fuss when I say, hey, mommy has to run to the store and it's 830 at night or I can't do this right now because mommy's on a conference call. They're like, OK, understood. My son jumps in to help his sister or she'll be quiet and go do something so that I can work. So it's important that they reap the rewards of the work that I'm doing because they're part of it. All right. What have you seen in their in their development in in their education? This is a whole different level and a very important part of their education. But what is it that you can see as their mom in terms of their development in in being so involved with you? I can see that my son is a natural salesperson. Like he has never met a stranger. He will talk to anyone. He's officially on payroll now. He actually works weekends um, because he's so good. My daughter is getting better. She started off being a little shy, but when she's in the store, there is no shyness. Like that's her comfort zone. She can help customers. She can tell you about products. And I've just seen that now they understand if I have an idea, I can do it. 
my son was trying to figure out what he wanted to do. He's in ninth grade now. College is coming soon. He was like, well, mom, do you think I should be taking business classes because I'm probably going to inherit the business and I need to know how to run it? And it's like, that's what I want. That's how I want you to think. I don't want you to think I have to get good grades so I can get a job. No, you can create whatever you want to create, whether that's taking over my business, helping with the business or doing something that you want to do letting them see that it's possible is what I've seen in their development. They, there is no limit for them. And what is it that you want to see for the business next? I want to see the business short term. I want to see the business grow to a point where I can manage it from the beach um, and not from the store or at home. And long term, We have a bunch of things that are proprietary to us that I want to see really move forward. We just launched our subscription boxes for pregnant moms. And I think those are going to be huge. It's great. You get a subscription box every month based on where you are in your pregnancy. We have lines that we created. I created a line. of uh, It's called the Southern Alphabet Series. So they're onesies with alphabets for Southern foods. So like P is for peach cobbler, C is for collard greens. And the month that we released it, Oprah called. So cold, cold call. Like, hey, these ones are cool. We're thinking about featuring them in Oprah's favorite things. I was like, okay, this is happening. So, you know, we want to take that ball and run with it. I started a line of candles and same thing. I started with the kids are at grandma's candle because obviously that's what we do with our children. We send them to grandma's house. So that was my first scent. And Netflix picked it up and put it in the Jingle Jangle marketplace. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, confirmation that we're on the right path. So I really want to see those products move because retail is great and I love retail, but it's also important to have your own footprint that you can roll with in your retail store and other spaces. So I really want to see those go. And I have some spaces that I would like to see Happy Mango in that I think makes sense. And uh, I really want a Happy Mango to be at the Hartsfield Airport. And that's that's my focus once I, was, once I get past some of this stuff. Yeah, I was going to ask you, is this something that you want to franchise or do you want to see additional stores? But you definitely want to see, as you said, a bigger f- footprint for Happy Mango yeah. in, in other places and other spaces. Is this a business that you think, so you, your son has expressed interest in um in possibly taking it over. Is it a business that you'd want to grow and sell or is it a business that you'd want to grow and just and keep in the family? So I would sell a portion of it. I would never sell too much that the family doesn't get to keep control. So another thing with information, us having information, like it's just so important for us as entrepreneurs to share the information that we have because growing up, you always think selling your business is bad or taking debt is bad. And it's like, once you get in business, you realize, no, it's actually not. So selling the business to a point or a certain percentage of it, I'm totally okay with as long as my family gets to regain control. So what I sell, yeah, as long as we get to keep majority ownership of it and whoever we sell to, it's a partnership and it furthers the business and the trajectory for my family's wealth. Like that's really the name of the game is creating generational wealth and something that your children and children's children can continue with. Absolutely. You had mentioned earlier that the the lack of, of mentorship. Did you ever have mentorship or did most of it from the Red Lemon store to Happy Mango? Was it you pretty much figuring everything out on your own? 
it was mostly me figuring it out on my own. But I had one friend who had a retail store in Atlanta. Um, Her name is Sonia and her store was called Max Cab Company. And I bugged her all the time because it's simple things that you just don't know. And I would call her and say, hey, how do you do this? Or how do you do this? And she would explain certain things to me a little bit different um, than what I needed. But it was enough that I knew the language to ask the questions. Like if you don't know what net 30 is, you know, when you call a brand and they're like, hey, do you want terms? And I'm like, I, I don't know what that is. I could call her and say, hey, what does this mean? And when I started, you know, the Red Lemon store, Google isn't what it is now. So it wasn't as simple as just picking up your phone and being like, hey, Siri, what do terms mean? So I had help, but most of it came from reading. Like we had a website. All of the web developers aren't what they are now. I had to pick up HTML for dummies and figure out how to update my website. So I learned a lot of it just going through the process. And what do you think actually drives you to the level of success that you have to to actually complete these ideas or complete these goals that you have and actually see them to fruition? It's definitely several different things. Um, It's really important to me to create for this particular business. It's important to me to create a space for people like me. We hire mostly moms. My staff was all moms at one point. Um, And most of my staff right now, I have an all black staff. It's not always the case, but a lot of the times it is. And I want a space where we feel seen and heard, especially as new moms. It's difficult to go into a workplace and say, hey, I really need to take off because my kid is sick or this is the situation. And I want to be that space for that. I want you to feel okay coming to work and being able to tell me the truth about why you need to take off or if there's something going on that we can be helpful with. It's important to me to be successful so I can help other people. I really wish I had me when I was coming into the business to just educate. Like they're really, it's sad because we hear if you want to hide something from a black person, put it in a book. And it's like, yeah, there's so much stuff in books, but there's also so much stuff in people. And we don't have those people. We don't have grandpa who owned a business and passed it down to your mom who owns the business and who's telling you most of us are first generation college graduates. Like we need that information. So I want to be successful so I can pass that information. I want to have a platform to help other people miss some of the pitfalls that I had simply because I didn't have the knowledge. And then also my children, I feel like I have to be successful because I've taken so much time to build this business. I've taken so much resources from them to build this business. It would be a disappointment if I didn't see it through. I I would feel terrible to know that their summers where we used to vacation are now spent at home and in camp because mommy needs to put that money towards the business. So I owe it to them and to all of the people coming up behind me to see this through and to be a resource and a light for them. So tell us where you are online and where you are, your physical location, so we can support it as much as we can and and tell our friends and family to come and support you. Absolutely. Online, we're www.shophappymango.com. On social media, we're on Instagram, we're at shophappymango. I really don't TikTok, so I don't know what our TikTok (laughs) is, but I suspect it's also Happy Mango. On Facebook, we're Happy Mango. Um, We are in Atlanta. We're located in the Chattahoochee Works. So if Mm -hmm. you just Google the works, it'll take you right there. It's a big, beautiful area with tons of restaurants, playground. Like, it's awesome. But our specific location is 200 Chattahoochee Road, Northwest Suite 200. 
Wow. Well, thank you so much for taking time out from your your daughter's time uh, to be able to share your story and your inspiration and and all of the knowledge that you shared with us today. So I have a feeling that our next guest from Happy Mangle may be your two children. Um, Talk about their experiences. And when we look forward to that. So thank you so much, Nupala. Great seeing you. You look amazing and uh, continued success. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm sure my children would be delighted to tell you everything that they know. <laughs> okay. Well, we look forward to to hearing from you in the future. And, um, and as I said before, just wishing you continued success. And for everyone listening, thank you for hanging out with us. Check out the store, shop there, um, look for the, the, um, the subscription box that's coming. And, um, and we'll see you next week with another great guest. Take care. The Business First Podcast is hosted and produced by Sonia Lee. Associate Producer, Ariel Mancibo. Executive Producer, Ken Johnson. Find the Business First Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And on social at business underscore first underscore podcast on IG. The Business First Podcast is a mean old line media production. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.